0: this is a podcast where we play dungeons and
1: dragons with each other wow
2: that one's better than what he had
3: Hello friends and listeners, welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. My name is Paul, and I am the dungeon master of this story, and I'm joined today by four friends of mine.
0: Hey
2: guys, this is Jeremy, and I play Saul.
0: I'm Jeffrey, and I play Sir Vance Off The Wall.
4: I'm Alan, and I play Char, almost said Jim. But I said Char.
3: I was waiting for you to say Jim. I could see, I could almost see Jim forming on your lips. Go ahead.
1: I'm Felicia, and I play Misk.
3: Hello, Felicia. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> uh, Felicia's had had it rough lately. I mean, last few episodes, she was sick,
1: didn't have a voice. Didn't have a
3: voice. Now she doesn't have a gallbladder.
1: Yeah, rip, rip gallbladder.
3: <laughs> wow, that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, coughed it up. Yeah.
1: This is a really quick thing.
3: No. Is that legal? Legal, I don't know, but it's definitely not healthy. She did have surgery uh, four days ago, five days ago.
1: Whatever Tuesday was.
3: So she is recovering, but thank you, Felicia, for being here in spite of, you know, surgery.
1: Medicine. <laughs> Medicine. She is medicated. <laughs> Medicine's <laughs> got me here.
3: She is medicated, so... um, you know, this could be the worst episode ever for MISC or the best episode ever for Misk. It's going to be we the best. We, we don't, don't know. know. But one thing we do know is we want to play some Dungeons and Dragons. I don't. All of us except Jeffrey. <laughs> yes. Caught it. Got him. So I know everyone's ready to get back into the action. But before we do, I have a couple things I want to mention up front. First of all. As always, huge thanks to BattleBards.com for being awesome and allowing us to use your amazing sound effects. Uh, If you are interested, you should go to BattleBards.com and use the code MBHPODCAST to get 15% off of a BattleBards Prime subscription. If you've been on the fence, why not take that plunge today? Check it out. Trust me, uh, it'll change your D&D table if you add those awesome sound effects, soundscapes, and musics that they offer. Secondly, I would like to offer a... Huge shout out to one of our amazing patrons who supports us every month on Make Believe Heroes. You are one of the people that is making this possible. Thank you so much to Matthias Moody. Thanks a million. You rock. And we're just so humbled that you, along with all of your Patreon peers, would go out of your way to support us with your hard earned money. Thank you for supporting us, for believing in us, and of course, for loving us. Of course, if you're listening and you haven't, you should go to patreon.com forward slash make believe heroes to see what all we have on offer, such as special bonus episodes like the honey heist game that Felicia ran for us, which was insane and hilarious and highly recommended. Also, early release Fridays, Uh, every Friday morning at 7 a.m. we release the episodes early to our $5 patrons and above and at even just $1. You can be a part of the Discord, which is a fantastic community. All of our fans and friends on Discord are hilarious. They're a ton of fun to talk to. It's just a great environment to get together, chat, talk about what happened in this week's episode, or anything else. Also, we get tons of QA questions on there for our live q so we do for patrons. There's just a lot to see. Go to patreon.com forward slash makebelieveheroes to check it out and become a patron. And now I want to do that thing I like to do from time to time. I want to read you one of our many five-star reviews from iTunes. This review comes from listener Evil Zombies Lair. That's a unique name, isn't it? Entitled, I Can't Stop Listening. This is easily one of the best podcasts I have ever listened to. I recently got into the and and thought that listening to a podcast of a full playthrough would help me understand a bit more about becoming a DM. Interestingly enough, Evil Zombies Lair, that's how I learned to be a dm was about listening to DD podcasts or at least that's something that helped me out a lot anyway continuing with the review i instantly got hooked into the story became inspired to study and create and took my kids on several journeys within the many adventures that can be taken up within dD. i loved how well season one flowed with such a gripping story and likable characters all done by the amazing team and i can say the same for season two They do a fantastic job in holding everything together, keeping it all fun, exploring new possibilities, and just all around giving us a great show to listen to. The production quality is superb as well. They add in sound effects and music, as well as using good quality microphones to give a pleasant learning experience. Everything is edited well and comes across as a fantastic journey for your ear holes. Thanks for being amazing. You guys and gals rock. No, you rock Evil Zombies Lair. That is a very well written review. Thank you so much. That actually is very informative about our show. Uh, we do work hard to get those sound effects and music in there. We edit. And I like to think that we're making a compelling and cool and fun story for everyone. Thank you, Evil Zombies Lair. You are the best. And if you want to be like Evil Zombies Lair and get your review read on the show, all you got to do is go to iTunes or go to stitcher.com, leave us a five star review, and we will eventually read it live on the air. So that's enough for me. Let's get into the action, shall we? I'm gonna roll this extra large 20-sided die. Is it blue? It is a natural 20.
1: Oh, no, man. it's not.
3: You're, you're a liar. Quit lying. <laughs> I, can't,
1: I can't see it. you have to bring it closer to me. Felicia, oh, yeah, it's Felicia natural
0: is coin. under the influence, so who's to say she's not uh, hallucinating? Mind.
1: It's either a zero two 2 or it's two zero.
3: Mind manipulation.
1: I can't tell.
2: We were friends once.
3: Last time when we played Dungeons & Dragons, there were some things that happened. Saul and Misk were taken captive by two strange figures in a creepy murder basement. (laughs) These two strangers are going to the Nine Hills. And whatever ritual that they have chosen to take them there requires the aid of two tieflings of royal descent, one for entry and one for exit. We all happen to know two tieflings of royal descent, don't we? I don't. However, (laughs) Vance and Char could not have accounted for the blood contract held over Misk's head. So long as she is tied to the Shiv, she cannot complete their task for her. Gotcha. So they agreed to travel to Brightport to set her free. But before they could depart for the city, Char drafted a second blood contract. One for our very own Satsaris. (laughs) Forced to sign, Saul is now indentured to these two until he sees them safely to the Nine Hills and back. And so, now, this uneven and uncertain party makes their way east through the stormy passes of the Thunder Canal toward the home of the Hot Feet. I'm leaving. (sighs) It is storming. The winds are blowing strong. And uh, Char, the ship that you have, the little boat that you guys are on, it's not like a full-fledged ship. I mean, there's only two of you. So if you got, in order for you two to have sailed it there uh, to your vacation home, I guess, on the Five Point Island, you two had to operate it on your own. So we're talking about a boat that's large enough for four people, but small enough that two people could operate it successfully. So, I'm assuming it has a sail. It's got three sails. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. It's my houseboat. So, you've got this this small boat with a sail, right? (laughs) Sail! How good would you say Char is at sailing? (laughs)
4: Uh, I am not proficient with vehicles. Okay. Nor am I
3: proficient with anything. Okay. So, then why don't you just give me a flat D20 roll? Okay. Uh... So, like a coin? Nah. Yes. just mean like... A coin. No mods. Zero mods. I got an 11. Okay, so you're doing... Very nice. Not great. But somewhat great. You've not lost control of the ship. Sir Vance, do you happen to have vehicle proficiency?
0: I just rolled three sixes, a five, two fours, two threes, (sighs) and two twos.
3: Okay, you did it. Now tell me, do you have proficiency... (laughs) Do you happen to have proficiency with ships? He's scrolling through his character sheet.
1: I hate that voice.
3: This this has to stop.
1: I will this pass this right out. here has got to stop. I will pass out. If you do loud noises like that, I think I'll pass out.
3: where's where it? okay, it's yeah. part of the blood contract. I see nothing about that. I see nothing. Yeah, me neither. I don't see anything like that. So none of you do. Here's the way we're going to handle this. So you guys are sailing. The wind is blowing very strongly. This canal, it's almost like, I mean, it's, it's ocean water. You know, it's, it's the ocean coming in between these two masses of land. But it moves almost like a river. There is a constant circulation of the water due to the winds and the storms and just the way that everything is laid out here. And Char, you're familiar with this area. You've sailed through here a number of times, but you're, it's not that you don't know how to sail this boat, as much as it is that it's it's very difficult for you to handle it. So, uh, Sir Vance, I'm assuming that the two of you are the ones that are basically trying to steer the boat, trying to wrangle it. Um, I'm not really a wrangler, but so give me a check and give me. You can add your strength to it, Vance. Okay. No proficiency.
0: Strength, huh? Yeah. What's that?
3: Are you asking, like, what strength is or what your strength modifier is? Both. Plus four.
0: 22.
3: Is strength
4: directly proportional to your muscles?
1: Indeed. He just said proportional.
3: 22, you say. Okay. So this is kind of the way that I'm picturing it. Char has uh, undone the sails, and at first the wind just... Set you off right down across the water, and everything's going okay, but as is common in this area, the winds are not reliable. They tend to change directions often, and quickly after you guys leave, Char, you notice that the winds are turning you all around.
4: The winds are turning us around. I need help, Sir Vance.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the, so Vance,
3: you step up, and uh, how do you go about trying to help? I jump out of
0: the boat and swim <laughs> and pick it up and throw it to
3: where it needs to you go. Died. You died. You're dead. Oh. Savance is dead. Survives. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> how does, Survives. What do you do? <laughs> Savance. Uh, I don't know what I was doing. You were on the boat. He asked for your help. What do you do? How I, was, do you try to help? I was just strengthen. Okay, so how do you do that? Grab um, the sail.
0: Jump out of the boat get behind oh it Oh my push. gosh.
3: Okay. Vance, you jump up and grab the sail, trying to, you know, kind of turn and it. I grab to wield the, the wind sails a little better. and shake them. There's a rudder. There's not like a, a wheel. What do you call that on a boat? Uh, helm? Helm. Is that what you call that? Well, we I we got know. a rudder. There's a rudder. So maybe you've got a hand on the rudder. You're trying to turn it that way. Um, however it is, you do a pretty good job of it. You actually manage to sort of guide the boat back the way you guys were wanting it but for the next few hours it is going to be quite the challenge so what time does anybody kind of, kind of remember like what time of day it was i think it was nighttime um, wasn't it
0: my watch says six thirty. 30 10 it was late
3: i think that saul when you got zippity zapped out it was dark it was dusky the dark. middle of the night
0: but wait what if we were in a different time zone i think we're all on the same coast were we not
3: no, 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 no. Technically, you would be in sort of like a different time zone, but like, it'd be like from going central to Pacific time. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's still... Yeah, but
2: it depends like on how... like three hours. We don't even know if Monomi's a planet, though. You know, the sun yeah. could like... It's flat. You can say. Yeah, it could be flat. You can say. The sun could go <laughs> underneath it and travel through and We're rest in the We're actually on the back
0: not. of a turtle.
3: Oh. Uh, yep, it's just turtles all the way down. So what are Misk and Saul doing during this time?
1: Are we tied up?
3: No, why would you be tied up? You're not tied up. Saul is under a blood contract to do what they tell him, and uh, since they're the only thing that's keeping you from getting killed at this moment by the blood contract, you're both kind of just working with them.
2: The moment that Char and Servants get busy working the cells or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, Saul's going to walk up and uh, wrap an arm around her shoulder and give her a hug. Okay. And uh, step back. Pulls out two cigars. Well, looks like uh, we're gonna go going home.
1: <laughs> I don't really know how I feel about that.
2: <laughs> uh, we're probably all going to die.
1: Probably, but I mean I guess we don't really have a choice.
2: Do you think we'll get our power back when we step through? Maybe that'll be our chance.
1: Uh, chance for what, Saul? To defeat what our if father? The,
2: no, what if the magic Dissolves the blood contract but Father, we need to get to Fallen Grove
1: I don't I think these guys will try their hardest To fix the blood contract Up here Before we even reach the hills And then your contract I mean, yours might Diminish, I guess
2: (laughs) You thought I was talking about your blood contract (laughs) Oh, Misk
3: Something slams into the side of the boat Really hard Everybody make me a dexterity save.
4: Is that the one that's
2: dex? <laughs> oh, God. I got a 14. I got a 14 as well. Plus three. So I got a 17. No, mine's a save, so I have You're plus 14. six. Nice.
1: I got a 14.
3: What about Brackle? <laughs> Brackle didn't get anything. <laughs> oh, dang. 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 Char? What about Char? Ah,
4: 11. Where is Rachel?
3: Okay. So, um, none of you fall off the boat, so that's good. Char, you do fall, though, like into the boat. And you die. You're having to pick yourself back up. Uh, A quick glance over the edge, Char, and you can see there's like a rock jutting out of the water, and it seems like you guys just slammed into it. The wind is really blowing you all around. Saul, you and Misk realize at that moment, "Mm, you you may not die in the hills, because you might die here.
2: Nah, they're good. Uh, uh, what was that? And Saul runs to the side of the ship that got hit.
3: You can see the rock over there too. Like a big jutting stone sticking out of the water.
2: Idiots don't know how to sell a ship. Are we going down? Is this is it like broken?
3: No, nah, it seems okay.
4: My ship can withstand any rock.
1: You're the worst. Alan. Saul <laughs>
3: <laughs> Saul stabs himself in the skull. <laughs> Stab me, too, please. She's like, please, please, could you just kill in, me first? In my life. Kill me first. <laughs> <laughs> Misk's just like, I hate the shiv. Not the poop dick. And then she does. <laughs> I hate the shiv. Yeah.
1: Boom. Death.
3: Yes. Curse the shiv and die. Okay. You're all trying to navigate this storm. Saul, are you now going to try and help in some way? Is that what you're looking to do? Yeah, that's what I was looking to do. All right, just make me a uh, check. <clears throat> Cast Fireball behind the cells. How would you help?
2: Okay, so is there, is there a rudder or a
3: wheel? Rudder. There's a rudder, there's a sail, a couple oars.
2: Okay, Saul would not get an oar. Right. Saul would probably go and grab the rudder. Okay. And try to uh, hold it steady so that we can right. catch some wind.
3: All right, That's a, that sounds like strength. Great. So, go ahead and roll me a strength check.
2: Well, I rolled a 12 on the dice already, and my strength okay. modifier is a negative one.
3: So that's an 11?
2: I got an 11.
3: So like, kind of like Char, you're doing very fair. And basically what's going to happen here is the storm is always, there's always wind, there's always rain. It's it's just, it's, it's a perpetual storm in this place. But you guys are kind of in the heat of a bad one. And uh, you're not going to make it very far.
2: Who had the bright idea of setting sail in this gale? We did. Who checked the weather channel?
0: I didn't check it.
4: Neither did I
0: Usually your phone changes every few minutes anyway
4: Yeah, that's why I didn't check it And the phone said it was good Please,
3: please guys, please <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons
4: <laughs>
3: uh, I couldn't predict
4: the weather I mean, it looked well, clear to me I mean, it was dark it always, We're not it always druids storms, What
3: kind of wizard always, are you? It is never not storming here
4: I'm not a wizard, I'm a cleric
2: You're a cleric
0: See? A cleric for Who? That's none of your business. No one. Ooh. Saul is.
1: Surveillance is just salty.
0: Hyper impatient, just
2: pulls his sword, not his sword, his dagger out, and is like thinking about throwing it at him. And then
3: he hears <laughs> that. When, so that, that really ring, don't. Yeah, when that wink hurts.
2: Yep, when my head starts hurting, he's going to back off a little bit.
3: All right, Char, give me another sailing chick. This time I got a 15. Okay, that's a little better.
4: The boat obeys me.
3: <laughs> you manage to steer the boat a little better. You avoid some obstacles that you see up ahead. But you guys still aren't making great time. The wind's fighting against you. But there are times where it does whip around behind you and the boat sort of surges forward. And It's just a rocky, very difficult journey. And you all travel a few hours through uh, this darkness, through the night, and... What is your plan? Okay, so here's the thing. None of you have rested, right? Uh, you're, you're strenuously trying to keep this boat in check. You're being battered by the winds and the rains. Are you going to stop and rest? Yeah, we'll just anchor here. I mean,
1: it's not really up for Saw and Misk.
3: How would we rest in the midst of a storm? You couldn't. You would have to get off the water.
0: Unless Jesus is on our boat. <laughs> He's not. He stepped Listen. out
1: on the water, <laughs> facing you would, the you would
3: definitely have to park it, you know, pull up on the shore. Char. Try to find some shelter.
1: Char. Pull Listen. over. This this storm is really bad. We need to just pull over and see if it'll pass while we get some rest.
4: I see a rest area over here. All right, exit rest stop.
3: seventy-three. Exit.
0: Yes, let's yeah.
1: Let's stop there.
3: Can you guys please Dungeons and Dragon please? Why is
2: Adam
0: I mean Alan and Jeffrey
2: are just feeding off of each other?
4: Let's uh let's try to wait out this storm in the uh in the shore. Look, let's look
2: for uh a place to land.
4: Mm.
2: About time you said something that made sense. It's been
4: a long night.
3: It has. So you all are trying to press the boat toward the shore. And I'll say, Char, with your 15 and their help, you're able to work your way toward... uh, Okay, so let me ask you this. Are you going toward Fallen Grove side or Vent Haven side, north or south, coast?
4: I mean, are we like in a channel where we can go either way? Yeah. Which one's closer to to us?
3: I would say probably the southern side, because I think you guys came off the southern side of the island, which would be Vent Haven side.
4: Is there any reason to not stop there? Like, are there, like, dangerous orcs or whatever?
3: No, not not one over the other. You know what I mean? So I drive
4: us toward the south.
3: You steer the boats south toward the coast. When you first come up to where you can sort of see the land, it is dark out. It's mostly cliffs and, like, rough terrain where you're at. But you keep going until you see a spot that uh, sort of levels out near the forest. And you pull the boat up that way. With the four of you, you're able to pull it enough up onto the shore that you can get it free from the water and tie it off on something. And you guys are now standing on the shore uh, right outside the jungle forest uh, on the southern part here of the land. Where you're standing right here on this beach, basically, it's wind, storms, rain, everything. So what do you do?
2: Where in the natural plane are we We need to find a place to hole up. Let's go. And Saul starts walking towards the woods. Are there any
0: panthers nearby that I could tame? Probably not that you could tame. i make a panther check.
1: uh, Misk is just going to follow Saul.
0: Okay.
4: (laughs) We're near uh, Venthaven.
2: Venthaven? Yes. The jungle's here. He looks at Misk. Is that important, Misk? Venthaven?
1: I've heard of it, but I don't know of any importance that we would... I don't think we would want to go there.
0: We're definitely not going there.
1: You're mean.
4: We should just hang out here near the boat until the storm passes.
1: Yeah, we'll do what he says.
2: Near the boat. We need to get some cover
0: till the storm passes Yeah, let's passes go into over. the woods.
3: Okay. Till the so thunder char, sounds no more. The storm. Till the
0: clouds not- roll forever. From in the, the sky.
1: sky,
3: the storm will never end. It might get a little lighter. It's never going to chill out here. Uh, but you guys would probably be easier. It'd probably be easier to navigate it, you know, in the daylight. Okay. And hopefully, it will calm down. You know what I'm saying? But in this area, like in the day storm, it, it it's always storming here.
0: Well, why didn't you say so? I cast daylight. Aha! Uh-huh. And I cast storm be gone. I actually don't have that prepared.
2: Saul is in the trees by now looking for a place. Like yeah, if he can get into a, a cave or a tree that's, you know, open enough that he can crawl into it. Like a more dry place than where he is now.
4: Yeah, I, uh, I start to make shelter.
0: Ah, uh, Saul, did you see any panthers up there? Any what? What'd you say? Panthers.
3: Panthers.
2: Saul's not checking for panthers. He doesn't know to check for panthers. What are you? What
4: are you talking about? So we're the long resting, right?
3: <laughs> no, no, you are not, Vance. Um, you guys are looking for shelter, right? The moment that you step into like the cover of the trees and stuff, you are more sheltered from the rain. But you're looking for a spot, a place, Saul. You're the one that stepped in, looking for somewhere to hold up. So go ahead and roll me a survival check.
2: Ooh, it's an eight on the dice.
3: Okay. Plus, probably nothing. My survival
2: right? is probably nothing. Yep. It's, it's just a mate.
3: zero. Okay. You're wandering around. You haven't found anything. You just All you see is trees.
2: Lots of trees. No cover. Right behind. So I was going to lean up against one of them and light a cigar and just stare up into the rain like, what? What? Why? Um, I
0: start building a tree fortress. Okay,
3: you're looking for shelter too, Vance. Yeah. Misk, you can roll me one too if you want to. Survival checks.
0: That's a nine. We're going to freeze to death. No, it's pretty warm. Sixteen.
3: Vance, you're looking for something that you can sort of make, a makeshift shelter. Misk, are you just looking for somewhere you can hide, like a pre-made, like, you know, a natural shelter? Yeah. You're doing that, and, you know, you're gathering up sticks and leaves... It's not going to be easy. And, Misk, you're wondering just a little bit farther off, and you actually do spot off in the distance a sort of tree grown up that's kind of like the roots have grown up tall like this, like an opening that you guys could crawl into, basically.
1: Hey. Hey, Saul, look over here. Look what I found.
2: Finally, someone with some brains.
1: I got you. Hey, Char, what about this? Will this do?
3: She points out this tree that looks kind of like a self-made shelter. Saul steps into the tree.
1: Um, so does Misk.
0: I
3: want to make sure there's nothing in there. Okay. You can roll me a perception or investigation check.
0: Well, it's not a good one.
3: Okay. What is it? Seven. You don't see anything.
1: Well, Miss would be so excited she would just run in there.
3: I'll go in. Yeah. Vance kind of walks around looking around the place, and you guys can tell he's sort of scoping it out to see if it looks safe, and it looks totally safe to you, Vance.
0: It's very safe. Let's stay here. already inside of it.
3: Okay, you all go inside. It is raining and windy. Um, It's kind of a tight area in here, you know what I mean? It's uh, dark, and it looks like maybe there's some sticks and things that's been dragged in there, like maybe an animal has used it as like a burrow or something over time. But it's plenty safe for you guys to find some shelter for the night.
2: Let's bed down here. Saul's already out. He's rolling out his bedroll.
1: Can someone make a fire?
2: I cast make fire.
1: I guess I can make a fire.
4: I'll start a fire.
1: Good, I didn't really want to. He
3: didn't start the fire. Using magic, you could start a fire, but like naturally, all the wood and everything is soaked through from the rain. But you know, magically, you could keep one going.
4: Oh, I have a spell.
3: Yeah. It's called produce flames. Yeah, that'll do it. That's a cantrip, right? Oh my gosh. You're easily able to maintain a fire using that cantrip.
4: I I take my hand and stick it in some wood.
3: Okay. You set it on fire. There is a small fire burning. (laughs) It it takes a little while, but the the wood is soaked through, but eventually it does catch and you have a small fire. Are you all taking a rest? Yes. Yes. Yeah, a long one, right? Is anyone watching? Nope. Nope. I mean, not Saul, probably not. i yes, probably. I'll watch
0: a part of the night.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Char.
2: If Char and Vance both die, Saul would be very happy, so he's just going to chill.
0: And I'll take a second watch.
3: Okay. Um, so you all just kind of curl up and rest. Not happy, obviously. Soaked through. You've fought a storm and lost. Uh, you're crashed in this uh, tree here for the night. <sighs> Misk, Saul, and Vance are all sleeping.
2: Oh, I was going to talk to Char some before I passed out.
3: That's fine.
2: Uh, he's kind of just laying there, cocked up on one elbow, smoking a mm-hmm. cigar, basically constantly. So, Char, would you would you like a cigar?
4: No, thank you.
2: It, it'll help add some more gravel to your voice.
4: Uh, I've I've pretty well got that covered. <clears throat>
2: That's wonderful. So, you're a cleric. Tis true. Isn't that a holy power?
4: Well, in 5th edition, it's really more of a dedication to an ideal than holiness and godliness.
2: Holiness and godliness. Hmm. Dedication. So, is there a deity you follow?
4: Nope. All the deities are dumb.
2: (laughs) Ah, I don't really know any of the the pantheon. Uh, But, liar, you say all... All the deities are dumb.
4: By dumb, I mean, they don't speak. They don't hear. They don't act. They could if they wanted to, but they don't. So why follow such impotence?
2: That's exactly how I felt about them most of the time. Most of the time. Uh, question though. What, what do you have to gain by helping this, uh, big guy over here?
4: I get to explore the hells. See what's down there. See if there's something better than the gods.
2: Oh, there's definitely stuff better than the gods down there, for sure. Uh, you know, I could have just taken you there for free without the subjugation or blood contracts.
4: You resisted pretty hard, actually, when I asked you to do that.
2: I did wake up in chains.
4: That was... that was Sir Vance's idea.
2: How did you meet our... Sir
4: Vance? He's a knight? He is a knight, or he was. I don't know. we backstory is not really our whole thing. We have a purpose.
2: We have a purpose
4: that's to get into the hells. He thought he sought me out. He thought maybe this weird old half elf guy or elf guy am I an elf? I'm an elf. yeah. yeah he thought this weird old pudgy elf guy could get him into the hells, and I was like, nope, but if you can. Find me some princes and princelings and princesses or whatever of the hells, and I can get you there.
2: Interesting. And where did you learn your hellish magic?
4: Well, my magic I learned from when I did serve the gods. Which one? I served Provolian, but yeah, theres I've lost faith in that bozo.
2: Bozo. Provolian. <laughs> mm. Char, do you ever feel like you're being used? Always. Yeah. That knight, no knight of mine would ever behave that way. That knight is using you.
4: I know. But I, too, use him.
2: Well, once we make it to the Hells, perhaps we could trade. It seems you're interested in information and power and hellish magic, yes?
4: More just uh, spits and giggles.
2: Spits and giggles. <laughs> he spits. <laughs> Beautiful. And then he giggles. <laughs> Saul inhales deeply on his cigar. Well Char. What's your what's your full name?
4: Chargenzus Kindle.
2: Chargenzus Kindle. Now that is an impressive name for sure.
4: Yep, I picked it. I'm just kidding, I didn't.
0: <laughs> Saul's <laughs> full of crap right now. I know. Does servants say that? <laughs> No, I'm not in this conversation. He's asleep. We're
2: yeah, asleep. Well, I'm just interested. Of course, of course I would be. I'm I'm under a blood contract, but my understanding is the only way out of it is for you to release me, yes?
4: I mean, in the contract we spell it out, once you help us get into and out of the hells, you're free.
2: Good point. I would like to get out sooner. You see, I was sent on a mission. I, I still am working for my god and I understand that you uh, have no love there and I respect that uh, but I have a mission that I'd like to get back to I need to get to Fallen Grove as quickly as possible
4: a tiefling serves our god that's hilarious
2: <laughs> it, it really is though and kind of surprising I'm, I'm still not sure how I feel about it but I'm alive so that counts for something
4: so if you're going to Fallen Grove, I presume it's Atonia you serve?
2: No. No, it is not. It's Paylor and he uh, pulls his rapier and shows him the pommel. Right.
4: Paylor, He's the worst of them.
2: I would have agreed with you a mere week ago, but I walked to the edge of the void and he pulled me back.
4: So he actually did something. That's surprising.
2: <laughs> I was very surprised. Uh, I met him in person. But there are great things going on, and perhaps the gods will be more active now.
4: Hmm. That's very different from how I remember Paylor.
2: <laughs> have you met him?
4: No, that's, that's what I mean.
2: Mm. Well, maybe you will. Especially if you stay close to me.
4: Maybe I will. And I have some words for Paylor.
2: I'm sure he would listen to them. Once we make it to the hills. If you could find in yourself in need of something that a prince of hell could give you in his home plane, perhaps we could work on getting out of this contract a little quicker.
4: As long as I can get into and out of the hells, I'll be happy. Hey, there's much leeway in this contract, apart from you helping me in and out.
2: Aye. So is it written, just the fine print, is it just you in and out, or did you write it for you and the knight? You don't seem to
4: like servants that much.
2: I don't like anyone who wants to put me in chains.
4: Well, you're out of chains now. That was a precaution. Aye. I... We didn't know whether you would be tame or wild.
2: <laughs> you will find that my sister is more wild than I.
3: That wouldn't surprise me. One working for the Shiv. So as you guys are having this heart-to-heart, this conversation, the other two of you have drifted off. Misk, you're sleeping. It's a fitful sleep, you know. Not real comfortable in under this tree, up against a root. Uh maybe a little cold, you know, you are soaked through from the rain. But next to this fire you have drifted off and you start having uh dreams. And first they're normal, you know, forgettable. But the longer the night goes, not long actually, really not long at all after you fall asleep, your dreams start to change and you start having this horrific nightmare. Basically, you're dreaming that you're in Brightport. You're walking through the streets of Brightport. Everything is normal, everything is fine. You're walking with um, Miles. You guys are there. It's just like you were the other day, you know, before you got taken here you and miles were actually making your way over to the sweet roll bakery you remember the bakery up from where you first landed yeah on Manu'i, and you're walking along with miles and you know you're just talking everything's normal everything's fine and then suddenly you hear this sound and it's like an explosion and up ahead of you from where you all guys are walking there is this door that just gets blown off its hinges and as you and miles go running forward It changes. You're no longer in Brightport. You're back in Branshire. And stepping out onto this door that's been blown down onto the street is the Shiv, but he's got black eyes and his hands are coated in blood. And beside him, you see the forms of Charlie and Charlotte lying there on the ground behind him, just slaughtered, cut up. And you go to speak and you realize that you have no voice. You can't say anything and as the shiv starts walking towards you he like transforms his skin turns a bright red he gets taller and it's not the shiv it's saul and he has the blood of the two twins all over his hands and his mouth
1: oh my gosh
3: Horrible, yeah. horrible yeah. yeah. nightmare that's horrible vance you're sleeping You have dreams that you're pretty accustomed to. Bad ones. You're in the grove. You see Guy's body dead. There's a lot of that. But then you notice a shift in the dream. You spend a lot of dreams like this just looking at Guy. And he's dead. And it's awful. But this one changes. You hear movement up ahead and you look up and there's the tree and it's dark and you see Lorik, that red-headed elf, sit up And he's got two swords stuck into his chest. And he starts talking to you, Vance. He's saying things like...
2: I was just trying to help you. You were my friend. How how could you do this to me? Didn't you see I was just trying to to trick her? I was just trying to trick her. I'm in hell. I'm in hell, Vance. I'm I'm here because of you.
3: Vance, you wake up. A little bit of a fit. You wake up, just like brought out of this nightmare. Same for you, Misk. As these two are talking, you can you can see that they're still awake, still talking. You guys haven't been asleep for long at all, and you are both brought awake from these freaky, strange, dark visions.
1: Saul, what? 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 Is that just a dream? It must have been a dream. You were in my dream. Are you okay? Why are you crying? It was a bad Devils dream. Devils don't cry.
3: Hey, Char. I'm
1: not a devil.
3: Make me a uh, boo. Bu- 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 I need a check. Sleep check. Just throw me a d20. I got a 16. You're kind of taken out of your thoughts when Misk sets up and screams out Saul's name, and you also see Vance kind of waking up, and he's in a cold sweat over there. And you, as they're talking and talking about this nightmare and everything, you hear this really strange sound coming from off in the forest.
4: Is it the moose? There's
3: no moose. You hear this strange, eerie sound coming from off in the woods around you. It's a sort of something that seems entirely out of place in this like dark jungle forest in the middle of the night. You hear what sounds like someone screaming out for help not far from where you're sleeping. Oh, snap. And
0: it's a woman being attacked by a few men. And her name is Saluan.
3: <laughs> her name is Seluin. She is a dark-haired elven. Let's no, kill her. If only. I hear something out in the woods. You can all hear now. It, it sounds like... Coming from a little bit away, but it sounds like someone's scream and then just like crying out, help me.
1: So Miska's gonna jump up.
3: It's a parrot.
1: Saul, we need to... Who, we need to help them.
0: Do we need? It's an evil demon parrot. We don't
2: need to help anyone but ourselves. Oh, I guess you're right, and he stands up.
3: <laughs> okay. Come on, let's go.
1: I'm gonna pull out my rapier,
3: and I take off running. Servant takes off running. Wow. Wow. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm gonna hmm. pull out my rapier and follow Servant's okay. running.
3: It's all
4: follows. I kind of after everybody runs out. I just kind of stand up slowly and brush myself off and follow them leisurely.
3: Okay. You guys are making your way through this forest, and now that you're outside of this tree, you can hear it even better. There is someone calling out for help up through the forest. It sounds kind of like a a woman.
1: I I think she's that way.
2: Saul wants to stealth it up and try to sneak up to where the noise is coming from.
3: Okay, you can roll me a stealth check. Uh, Misk, why don't you roll me a um, perception check? It's fine. Oh, that's a good one. 17 plus 6. That is a natural 20.
1: Hey, I got a natural 20.
3: Okay. <laughs>
1: Woo! Whoop.
3: So, F- Misk, you take off running in one direction, and Saul, you, you kind of hang back a little bit, trying to hide in the shadows. Char, you walk leisurely behind them a few feet. And Vance, I'm assuming you're still kind of rushing forward with Misk. Yeah. Like you were? Okay.
2: Yes. It's all got a 23, by the way.
3: Nice. Okay. You guys make your way through and miss. It's not long at all. You come out into a, not a clearing, but like a little bit of an opening between the trees, and you see, uh, you can hear clearly this woman screaming, crying for help, weeping openly, coming from this. It's like a hut. In the middle of this forest. Oh, snap. It looks like like the walls are mostly made of like vines and seaweed and some sort of like a canvasy type material.
0: It's Yoda's
3: hut. With these giant leaves from the trees crafted onto the roof of this hut. And there is a dim light spilling out from inside and you can hear someone crying.
1: Cervantes, do you think we should just charge in there? Or do you think we should... I don't know what to do.
0: Let's go. And I bust the door open.
3: You rush up. There's less of a door, more of like a flap. (laughs) And you just kind of push through the flap. Uh, Misk, I mean, you go in behind him. What about the other two?
2: Um, Saul's not going to go in. Is there a window? He's still in stealth mode.
3: There's not a window, but there are gaps in the walls you can see in.
2: He's going to go take a peek through one of the walls. Char? Still kind of just
4: trundling along. I haven't caught up yet.
3: Okay. I mean, you know, you've got a pretty clear view of where they went you know what i mean you're just kind of going in that direction it's kind of a straight line misc with her nat 20 just beeline to where it was so as this next scene is going on you're making your way there it's not not far from where you all were honestly misc vance two of you step inside and you see a strange sight it's it, the place looks kind of like what you'd expect from the outside it's a small little shelter maybe 30 feet around its circumference it's kind of circular you know there is a small table there in the center of the room, low enough that there are no seats. Looks like maybe you'd sit on the floor to use it. There is a pile of pelts off to one side. Kind of looks like maybe it would be a sort of bedding. There is a young woman near the pile of pelts against the back wall, down on her knees. She is cradling in her arms a young boy. They're both dressed in what look like rough clothing, uh, maybe even made from things in the forest. They look kind of dirty, uh, like they live here in the middle of this forest alone. The woman has like some twigs and dirt and stuff in her hair. She's not beautiful per se, but she's also not she's not an ugly woman. You know, she's a young mother cradling this young boy in her arms, who is dressed in what looks like basically just like some sort of cloth draped over his body. And she is weeping and she looks up starting when you all walk in and she says please help help me he's my child is he's dying can can you help me please help me please
1: put him up here on the table
3: she kind of uh starts to move towards you i don't something he was bitten by something in the night yesterday and suddenly he's not getting better he's getting worse he's i think he's dying
0: I use my on hands pull to cure a disease or neutralize a poison.
3: Okay. So she kind of walks forward, and she doesn't, like, put the boy down on the table. She still holds him. But she comes towards you guys. She's cradling this boy in her arms. Vance, you step up and put your hand on him? Yeah. And cast this ability that you have, trying to find a poison to cure it, right? Mm-hmm. Char, I would say about the time this is happening, you're probably, like, wandering up on the scene. You see the hut. I peek in. You see Saul. Saul, are you still just kind of looking in from the outside? Yep. You cast your lay on hands, and when you do, the boy starts to kind of shudder a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's having some sort of an effect, but not necessarily the kind that you would expect. And the woman says,
1: What are you doing? Are you
3: doing? Trying to heal him.
1: He's trying to help him.
3: You're hurting, You're hurting him. You're hurting my baby boy.
1: If he doesn't try something, the kid's going to die.
3: When I see them all in there, I step inside. <laughs> About the time that you step inside, the boy starts, like, screeching. It's, it's a little bit disturbing. Char, you you're stepping inside, kind of checking the place out. You step in, and they're focused solely on this boy. And he is, like, above this table where she's holding him, just shuddering and shrieking, kind of, like, flopping around. And the woman drops him. And when she does, he lands on the floor. And he is, like, shrieking and kind of twisting a little bit. It's a little odd. He, his, his arms and bones are sort of moving in ways they shouldn't. Ooh. And Char, you see, you see all this taking place. And uh, Saul, even outside, you feel as suddenly this hot breeze like blows through the area and it blows through like a gust of wind. It actually blows through and like blows the flaps of that uh, hut open and you all feel this hot, warm air just breeze against you. And with it comes the scent of something rotten, like something that's been dead a long time. Oh, gosh. And as the smell of this like rot fills your noses, you notice that the woman who's weeping and freaking out, it sort of takes a shift into, like, a fitful laughter. And, Char, you see that pile of pelts and blankets behind you start to, like, churn and move. And the boy is flopping around on the ground, and his arms sort of bend backwards. He's laying on his back, his face up toward the ceiling, but his arms, like, spin around and stretch out, and he starts skittering toward the door, His arms and legs like stretched out beneath him in a very unnatural way. And as that laughter Uh, begins to build, and this pile of pelts and skins on the floor starts to squirm and rise up from the floor, beneath like a fold of hair and skin in this pile, you see the glow of two sickly green eyes. Oh my gosh. And the woman stands up just laughing, and a voice comes out from the pelts as it rises up to, you know, about the height of a medium humanoid. And you hear this voice come out from this form. Oh, I see you, four little flies, caught in our web of three little lies. Flesh for the eating, bones for the spells, your souls for the keeping, our hunger swells. Survey,
1: what did you do?
4: Not poetry. Anything besides poetry. Uh, let's roll initiatives. I'm just kidding. He's okay with poetry.
2: Let's roll initiative.
1: 17. I got a 14.
4: What what's 11 0?
3: 11. Okay, that's what I got.
0: 4.
1: Was that what was giving us bad dreams?
3: Yes. Okay. So, Misk, you're going to be the first one with an opportunity to react. Oh, no. So let me just tell you what's in the room. It's like a 30-foot-ish room. There is the woman who has been just laughing back against the wall, sort of in front of you, probably 10 feet away. There is this pile of rags that has gotten up and taken form and spoken to you all now.
1: That's creepy. Via
3: poetry. She's probably... Fifteen or twenty feet away to your right. Uh, no, that's yeah, fifteen feet away from to your right, and then there is the boy who is crawling around like some sort of a freaky upside-down spider person behind you somewhere. What do you do?
1: Surveillance so is like to my side, right? Like we're standing. Yeah, you are to pretty close to each other. Yes. So those two are like in the same vicinity, like in front of you, in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use Earth Tremor. Okay. And just blast the heck out of them.
3: How do you cast it?
1: I'm going to yell, Servants, get back!
3: Are you doing first level?
1: I'll use three since they're in the same vicinity together. Okay.
3: that's fine. They have to make a uh, dexterity saving throw. So the woman that's laughing, she fails.
1: Good, she needed it.
3: The uh, shuffling pile of rags quickly zips out of the way and uh, well she doesn't zip out of the way she completely avoids it but she is able to catch herself and keep from being hit full on by the spell so at third level you're going to uh, roll me I think it's 3d6's let me double check uh, earth tremor 3d6's yes
1: so 3, 3, 5
3: Eleven damage. So 11 damage the one takes 11 and the other takes 5
1: I like that idea that get
3: it also makes that area, where they just were, it makes that uh, difficult terrain. Yeah, I so figured. The ground sort of churns, and what happens is the one sort of falls and is kind of beat up by the earth that's just suddenly tore up around her, and the other dodges out of the way but is still hit by some of the debris. So, do you do anything else? Um. Like bardic inspiration.
1: Yeah. A I can bonus do that. action. I'll do the odd Bardic Inspiration Cervants. Okay. So after I do that and I hit them or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm gonna lean over and look at Cervants and say, You got this, bro.
3: You feel inspired, <laughs> Vance.
1: Do you feel so inspired? Ha ha He said haha, so yes.
3: Alright, so now the thing, the pile of rags that gave you all the nice little poem about, you know, eating you or whatever, she shifts over to the side cackling and Misk, i need you to make me a wisdom saving throw ooh oh that's good
1: that's good plus
3: plus your wisdom zero that's okay it's a it's still a 19 so that's good so as she starts to move it looks really freaky to you but okay. you're able to sort of overcome your you know your fear of this thing but she sets her sights on you seeing what you just did to her companion And she says, little one, little one, show me your magic. Saying this, you feel as her magic sort of, you can tell it's like magically tainted words. I mean, you're sort of a special, uh, special, you're sort of a special, uh, a, that's kind of, that's sort of your specialty. But you feel these words sort of lace themselves around you and you are cursed. What does that mean? Uh, And she's going to choose one effect on you.
1: Well that's dumb.
3: You must make a wisdom saving throw at the start of each of your turns, and if you fail you waste your action that turn doing nothing. But
1: can't I can not still run away?
3: You have to make a save at the beginning.
1: Oh, so I can't do nothing. You if can't I do I fail. an action.
3: You could take a. I think you could take a move action. Okay, you just can't that's what take I an action. Know. It okay. specifically says you spend your action doing nothing. Okay. Um so that is the end of her turn. Now it is Saul's turn. Saul, what you do?
2: Okay, so the the rag monster is right up against Misk, right?
3: No. She's back probably ten feet away from her. You thinking about sneak attack stuff?
2: Yeah, I was seeing if he would try to take advantage of a situation where somebody was heavily engaged with another creature, but I don't think that's the case right now, is it?
3: It is not, but you think that you have the jump on him, Like, you're outside. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, if I come in, which creature is closest to the door? The boy.
3: The creepy oh, yeah. spider-crawling like, boy. By, he crawled
1: past us. He's behind
3: them, between them and the door. Between them and Char. It's kind of crawling toward Char now.
1: That's creepy. On its back. That's creepy. Yeah. I
3: like that. I like it a lot. They don't see you, so you can have sneak attack on any of them. You're going to have advantage on the attack rolls, is what I'm saying. Because of your stealth check, staying outside, completely staying, avoiding any of them seeing you or noticing you... They don't know you're there. You'll have advantage on the attack roll. So assuming you hit someone, you could basically use this to have a sneak attack on any of them.
2: He's going to uh, he's gonna go for the boy. Okay. Um, he's going to run through the, because that's the closest thing, and he hasn't seen, like, if he thought Misk was in serious trouble, he'd go there first, but yeah, he don't. So he's going to draw his rapier, and, like, running as close to the ground as he can, he's going to come around Char and try to stick that rapier into the mouth of the little boy.
3: Okay, so roll me an attack roll with advantage.
2: What? what? One of them is an 18 plus 6, and the other one is a 13 plus 6.
3: Okay, it's a hit. You hit him. So roll me uh, your damage. I get a D8 plus 3, so
2: that's just a 2, so 5. But then my sneak attack is what? 3D6s? Sneak,
3: attack, sneak, sneak, attack, 3D6. There it is seven eight nine ten additional sneak attack damage so what is that all together? 15 total damage okay so you step around and you stick your dagger into this thing crawling towards you and when you do it lets out a shriek and you can hear it both out loud and in your mind
2: uh that's terrifying yes uh cunning action to disengage from said creature
3: okay so you back up
2: yep just enough that if it wants to choose between me and char it can
3: okay Now it is the boy's turn. He's going to choose between you and Char, and he's going to choose you because you stabbed him in the face. So what's he going to do, you? What's he going to do? He is going to leap at you.
2: Miss. He's going to miss.
3: But sort of back, like he jumps, his head is pointing like away from his body. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But he leaps up, and you can see coming out of his hands are these long, sharp claws. And he going to try stab your boy with them claws.
1: That's mean. That's
3: not nice. What's your AC? 15. That is a hit. He didn't roll very well. You take eight slashing damage. He jumps onto you, and he just buries these claws into your chest. And it hurts. It hurts pretty bad. Not great. That is all he's going to do this turn.
2: Uh, I'm going to hellish rebuke him.
3: Okay. Go ahead. He makes a dexterity save? Yeah,
2: when those claws sink in... So I was going to say, get
3: off me, minor
2: demon, and uh, let's uh, hellish rebuke him. So it is for you, you make a uh, dex 14 save.
3: Okay. Fails. It fails.
2: It is 3d10, bro.
3: Well, dang.
1: What?
2: Yeah, it's a nuclear bomb now.
1: What the what? (laughs) Your hellish rebuke is?
3: Yeah.
2: That is, man, I rolled pretty poorly, though. It's only 10
3: damage. Okay. So the fire comes out of you and just licks up around this thing. And it it lets out a shri- another one of those shrieks. Uh, it's pretty uh, pretty nasty. And I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw.
2: Ooh. I don't like that. It's a 12 on the DOS, and my wisdom save is a
3: zero. So it's just 12. You become frightened of this thing. Oh, crap. Yeah. You are afraid. Get
2: away from it! Get away from it!
3: And he's terrified. Okay. Now it is... Char's turn. Char! Sure. Okay, so
4: I look at the the boy thing, mm-hmm. faking sick. That's a paddling. And mm-hmm. I bend him over my knee and spank him with my mace. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> okay, so you try to hit this thing with your mace.
4: Yes, but I'm going to use Inflict Wounds as a third level spell. Oh, dang. Which is a touch. You make a melee spell attack mm-hmm. against the critter.
3: Yes, so go ahead and do that.
4: Okay, so this is plus six,
3: 19. That's a hit. Okay. You guys are rolling really well to hit right now.
1: Don't say that.
3: So roll me your uh, damage on that inflict wounds. Okay, so at
0: third
4: level, that's a 5d10.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Who is he attacking? He's fighting the... Spider's Spider Spider boy. The child. Man, you guys hate the kid.
1: Yeah, me and Cervantes ain't even mess with the kid. Cervantes ain't even mess with nobody. I haven't
3: done anything. (laughs) What's the damage? We got it yet? Are you still rolling?
4: 37.
1: Holy snappy.
3: Good lord.
2: Saul does not want to fight Char. No. Unless it's a a sneak attack every time. Char is scary. Okay.
1: What?
2: Char has already used flamethrower. Char
3: Okay. Wow. So this thing lets out another shrieking scream. Uh, and when it does char, the ragged creature thing like screams with it in unison. Uh-oh. And you see it now, and as you do, I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. So
1: they're like all connected snap, snap,
3: crackle,
2: pop.
3: Uh, it's a 10. That is a failure. So mm. uh, you are now uh, afraid. Frightened of this thing. And you notice that you're kind of frightened of all three of them. Which one? But you're particularly frightened by the ragged creature.
4: Okay, I don't like the ragged
3: creature. Why? Yeah. Okay, um, have you moved? I haven't moved. No. You got to use your move to get away from it. I run. Well, okay, Well, actually, let me, let me change that. Hang on just a second. I don't think you necessarily have to run away from it. But you do... You can't move toward it, right? You don't have to run away. It's not like uh, Distant Whispers. You don't have to run away, but you can't move toward it.
4: It's not like turn undead.
3: Mm. Yes. If you move, you have to move toward the door at this point. I don't move. I stay where I'm at. It is the woman's turn. The woman who has been laughing... That I hit. Yes. All right, this thing keeps, like, laughing and gets up, and she raises her hands towards you, Miss. I don't like it. And uh, as she does, suddenly you notice two more figures in the room.
1: No, I don't. Some
3: you hadn't noticed before.
1: That was a lie. They're small. Why?
3: They're halflings. Oh, no. One's name is Charlotte.
1: Ooh.
3: And the other's name is Charlie. They are covered in their own blood, and their eyes are, like, rolled all the way back in their heads and their fingers are sharp and their teeth are jagged and they're walking towards you. Stop! Did we see that? Stop! Nope, just her.
1: Sir, man, stop them. What's wrong with them?
3: And uh, let's see. Let's see. One second here.
1: Why you gotta do mean things to me? I'm sorry. I had just had <laughs> surgery. These,
3: are, these, these things are freaky.
1: You're freaky. Yeah,
3: they are. She just had <laughs> surgery. Yeah. I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying What if I have
1: it. bad dreams? Because um, you, Paul.
3: That's the end of her turn. She kind of backs up against the wall. That's, that
1: was her action while well, she's at ease. Letting
3: this thing get between the <laughs> two of you.
1: She could have hit me.
3: And now it is Vance's turn.
1: Hey, You got bardic inspiration Can't. and it is
3: yeah. a 1d8. The rag thing is there to your right. The woman's back against the wall. And the boys back there getting welled on by Saul and Char.
1: And screaming. Screen.
3: What do you do? Can I tell if either of these are undead? I think you would have to use your uh, Do you still have that Divine? Yeah, I do. Divine Sense. Oh no, yeah, it is an all paladin thing. I was thinking that was it. Yeah, you can you, you can cast that, but is it a it's an action. Yeah. That would use your action.
0: Hmm. Okay. So I will use... Yes. Yeah, I'm going to use Hex on the rags.
3: All right, so you're going to cast Hex on her?
0: Yeah, it's a bonus action.
3: Needs to make a a wisdom save, right?
0: No, it doesn't do anything. It's just Hexed. Oh,
3: okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage whenever you hit it, and you choose one ability.
0: I'm going to say Wisdom.
3: Okay. You cast Hex. Now what?
0: Now I'm going to
3: kill it. Okay, you're going to hit it with? going to kill
0: it to death. So I wave my hand in front of me mm-hmm. and place a hex on the rags. Right. And then reach behind me and pull out the sword. Okay. Well, I pull out the handle. Yes. And run forward, and as I'm running, it grows out, and I'm
3: going to try to stab it. Okay. Roll it. It's a 19. Good lord, you guys are rolling ridiculous.
1: Ridiculous.
3: (laughs) Cheater pants. All right, uh, that's a hit. Destroying.
1: Good job. (laughs) That's
3: uh, fifteen damage. Eat it.
1: Was that plus the necrotic? Necrotic.
0: Oh yeah, I get the necrotic too, right?
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead
0: and.
1: You're welcome. Oh yeah.
0: Nineteen damage. Okay.
1: Son of a gun. That is amazing. Yep.
0: And then I want to use my second attack on it as well.
1: Hey, he's got a second attack.
0: Is it, by the <laughs> way, w- I wouldn't have to know for it to, for the fiend benefit to apply, would I?
3: No, you would not.
0: Would that benefit apply?
3: No, it would not.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to attack again anyway.
1: <laughs> I love it then.
0: I'm going to attack again <laughs> anyway. That's a 14. Woo! 14,
3: That is a miss. Oh. Mm. Okay, the second one misses, and uh, your sword cuts through it. And as it does, like some of those rags are like sliced off, basically, and you can see this like green skin covered in all these sores showing through. you poopy. It's really gross. Ew. And uh, as this happens, and it rolls back around, Misk. These two forms are walking towards you, Charlie and Charlotte. Their hands reached out towards you. Their mouths open and uh, I need you to make me another wisdom saving throw. That
1: is 13.
3: No dice. I don't
1: think I got a wisdom.
3: That's a no dice. How did you roll it without any
4: dice? Come on, miss.
3: The two children come towards you. That's 13. They jump onto you and they bite you and they dig their yeah. claws in
1: deep. Why do you hate me? <laughs> Saul! Saul, help! It's Charlie and Charlotte! They're attacking me! They bite Bit me!
3: Do I just see her like flailing around? You take thirty-one psychic damage. You're a
1: jerk. What? Holy. Don't make me cry. I'm on medicine. It's easy.
3: <laughs> you all see Misk flailing around and nothing on her, and she screams, and you can see as blood starts to drip out her ears.
1: She bit my oh ear my off.
3: Goodness! And that is where we're going to have to end this episode.
1: And
2: that's where we're going to end this episode. Is that what you just said?
3: We have to. It's we got. We've got to. We've got to cut oh. this one. You don't love us. Man, I want to kill them. So thanks to everyone for listening. Hope that you have enjoyed this uh, trip down terror lane. Rejoin us next week to find out if they all survive against these terrifying monsters. See in what the had jungle.
1: happened was Paul wrote a natural twenty, <laughs> and the mist is going to die.
3: <laughs> we love you.
1: Bye. I love you too. Kind of.
3: No, we scary. love you. I'll miss Bye.
1: you. Bye. I'll, miss, I'll miss
2: you. How did you meet our Sir Vance? He's a knight.
4: Well, I put a uh, ad out on Craigslist. Nope. You know, Craig nope. over, over nope. there in Van Haven nope. keeps a list nope. of people
3: looking for things. Nope. <laughs> nope.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just like nope, nope, nope. <laughs> nope.